Hey, good morning and welcome to Breakthrough Walls. I'm Ken Walls and I'm your host and I have a rock star on today. Natasha Hazlett is joining us. Y'all, listen, you, you don't want to miss her story. Make sure you share this out. Let everybody know that the Natasha Hazlett is joining us today. Let's break through some walls today. Here we go. And we are back. Let me bring Natasha on. Natasha, welcome. Hi. So glad to be here. I am so excited to have you here. My goodness. It's been a while since I remember I saw you, I think, with Ray Higdon. I believe that's where I saw you. Or maybe it was something with ClickFunnels. I, I, I don't remember. But I remember going, oh, my gosh, her energy is off the hook. I love this woman. I want to have her on my show. And, and that, that was at least two years ago. It, <laughs> and, it was a while. I mean, we started, I mean, you, you reached out to me and, you know, I, I believe that divine timing is perfect timing. So apparently we're here right when we need to be, but I am so excited and honored to be here, Ken. Oh my gosh. The honor's mine. So, so Natasha, this is about, it's called breakthrough walls. Um, it's about, getting unstuck in life. And, and I know you're all about that. So um, let's start with telling everybody where you were born and raised. Born. I was born in Greenwood, Mississippi and raised in Memphis, Tennessee. Wow. I, I, the accent, I would have thought maybe New York or something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I joke with people that I'm from there, but it doesn't take very long um, after talking with me that it's probably not. I love that. You know, I got lost in Memphis one night. I was driving to Dallas and I, my, my dad is on my, I'm on, this is way, I mean, cell phones were just becoming a thing. So I'm, I'm calling my dad and I'm like, I have no idea where I am. I'm, I, I'm out of gas and I need to get off an exit. He's like, Whatever you do, don't get off in West Memphis or something. Truth. And guess where I got off? In West Memphis, right? <laughs> oh, my yeah. gosh. I'm so yeah. glad you lived to tell about it, Ken. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so Natasha, you know, I know you have an incredible story. Um, so you were, you were born or raised in Memphis. Um, you went to school there. You went to, like, middle school, grade school, high school, all those years there? All all the way through until I moved to Dallas, Texas. And that's where I went to undergrad at Southern Methodist University and stayed there for law school. At Southern Methodist. Yeah. Wow. Good for you. So you went, so you're like, okay, I'm going to become an attorney. Let me ask you a question. I, I always find it curious. Um, we all have, you know, different chosen professions, and I think, I believe that it's something in childhood that kind of pushes us in the direction that we end up going. What was that for you? What's the first thing that popped in your head? 
this is so easy. My dad is a lawyer oh. and I used to love to go to his office and help. So I would draw pictures for all the assistants in the office. I would, you know, take the mail. I would go and, you know, do, and I had such fond memories of that and sitting in the big leather chair and sitting at the conference room table. It all just seemed so regal. And, you know, I, I would work there in the summers in high school and I just, you know, I loved it. So, um, <laughs> Joe, I object. <laughs> I like you, Joe. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's in the car business. I wonder what happened to him. So, so, so when you like, was there, was there a certain specialty that you were like, I want to, I want to put bad guys in prison or I want to, I mean. So it's interesting because growing up and I think my first kindergarten assignment is what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, a lawyer like my daddy. And when I went to college, I actually, I wasn't really planning on going to law school. Um, I was an advertising and political science double major. And so actually through advertising, I real the advertising classes, I, I realized how much I loved advertising and marketing. So my plan, I ch totally changed it. I said, you know what? I want to go into advertising and wow. everything came to a head my junior year because I had the guy from the Richards group in Dallas that, um, invented the eat more chicken for Chick-fil-A. That guy <laughs> yeah. actually came to, our class and was talking about careers in advertising. And he made this comment and he said, you know, I hope that, um, you all, you know, are enjoying and living it up right now in college, because once you start in advertising at the beginning, you're going to eat nothing but ramen noodles and you're going to enjoy client receptions. Cause that's the only time that you're going to get real food. In other words, you know, to be a creative director or something like that, you know, there was going to be a time where it was not going to be a lucrative situation. Yeah. And simultaneously, I was replaying my dad's conversation with me, which is when you graduate from college, you're on your own. And I was thinking, uh, that sounds terrible. And <laughs> yeah. like a sodium filled future with ramen noodles. And so I, <laughs> I have to, I was like, I got to do something else. And I, I didn't know what else to do. So I, Sorry, dad, if you're watching this, but I punted and I was like, all right, I guess I'll go to law school because I knew my dad I had a good, I, I got a, almost a full ride to undergrad. Wow. And so I figured that it would be, uh, that my dad might help me out with law school. And so true story, like, that's actually why I went to law school. I wanted to punt. I wanted to stay in, in Texas with all my friends and, um, and basically buy myself three more years of figuring out what I wanted to be when I grew up. Go back to the guy, the, the Chick-fil-A dude, like, first off, he's got to be the king of one-liners. Like, I know, right? Like, like brilliant, brilliant mind. Is yeah. he? I mean, cause that seems like, like, dude, you woke up one day and had a lucky idea. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I know. Right. I mean, he is in the Richards group is a huge, was a huge advertiser. Or maybe still is a uh, wow. huge advertising agency, huge brands. And, um, yeah, that like really, that really shocked me, you yeah. know, I mean, here I am thinking and obviously mad men wasn't out or anything like that, but, but it was, 
<laughs> I thought that I was going to be able to have like a reasonable situation. I mean, let's face it. I went to SMU, right? Like, and I like nice stuff. Yeah, so yeah. it wasn't, it wasn't like I was planning on having to go to ramen noodles, which I wasn't even eating in college. So that's, you know, that was the, that was the changing course. My, my wife <clears throat> thinks I'm very odd for this, but I keep a case of ramen noodles in one of our cupboards and once in a great while <laughs> you have a craving i once in a great while and and this the secret to doing low sodium is don't use the whole packet of stuff just <laughs> yeah oh, <laughs> anyway there, so, it's not that bad i mean the food is bad but i could not have that every day <laughs> no no i i went through that period in life but so so um Wow, my wife is commenting through my fan page. That's awesome. <laughs> so you think you're um, odd. Yeah. So 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 you um, so you graduated from from law school, and knowing your personality, you had to have been at the top of your class. <laughs> no, no? I was right in the middle. I was right in the middle. Oh. Look, I mean, I was. You know, they they joke i probably shouldn't repeat this joke but it was um that the a i think it's the um a students become the judges the b students become the professors and the c students make all the money so you know i was i was not in the top of my, i was not in the top i was like i was in the middle and i was i was good with that <laughs> A judge friend of mine might be watching right now. So please, Rob, don't take that offensively. <laughs> and I didn't invent that. Someone told me that. So we'll that's, blame them. That's, that's awesome. So so you you um you graduate and um you go out, you hang your own shingle and you become a multimillionaire overnight. Of course, right? That's totally <laughs> how it all goes, right? <laughs> you know, it's funny. I actually I moved back to Memphis. Um, I was dating a fella at the time. And so I, I wanted to move back to Memphis and was he in Memphis also, yeah, <laughs> he was in Memphis. And okay. so I moved there. We proceeded to break up. Um, I had a job with the firm that my dad was practicing at. It's called Glankler Brown. It's one of the oldest and largest firms in Memphis, very prestigious. Yeah. And so I started you know, I started practicing law there and it was, um, it was so, it was, it was fun to be where my dad was, you know, until of course he became the managing partner of the firm oh. like a year later, which just meant that there was nothing between me and the back door. So that amped <laughs> up the pressure just a little bit, um, to perform well. But, you know, I, I eventually found myself practicing in a state, um, a state law, a state and trust wow. probate all that stuff, um, which is actually what my dad does. Wow. But he does all the high net worth wealth yeah. planning. And um, I would do a little bit of that under his guidance, but ultimately I liked a little bit of litigation. So I found myself doing um, a lot of will contests. Wow. And so that was, that was fun. And, and so how long did that, and the judge I mentioned, he, he was a probate judge. So my dad is a, yeah. special, my dad is a special probate judge. I oh. love probate judges. They're awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. So, so, so you, uh, well, he's not anymore, but, but, uh, anyway, my, my buddy, but so, so you, how long did you do the, the law practice thing? 
let's see. So I graduated from law school in 2004. And so I was practicing in Memphis in 2009. My husband had back in 2006 said, Hey, why don't we move to Boise, Idaho when we get married? That's a whole other story, but we, I ended up going to Boise and ended up established new, new, no one oh established God. an estate planning practice. Um, the firm hired me to, um, wow. to start an estate planning and probate practice. So I did. And so I did that all the way until August of 2012, when I walked in to the managing partner's office and said, I need to resign. I need to go full-time in business with my husband. He knew about our, he knew about our business. And, um, he said, well, I'm inclined to not accept your resignation. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I have not practiced the response to that in the mirror. I practiced like every other scenario, but not that. And I was like, okay, what do I do now? <laughs> Quit thinking. And, uh, he, he actually offered me an of counsel position. Oh my gosh. And so I am still of counsel with the firm now. It's called Johnson May now, um, formerly Inksman Johnson, now Johnson May in Boise. And so I'm oh I'm so licensed to practice in Idaho and Tennessee um, and in Mississippi. So just, <laughs> yeah, so I'm not going to, um, I'm not going to give up my law practice and rich loves having a lawyer on the team. Like my husband, he's like super valuable to have an in-house, a really in-house lawyer. Right. Just, just in case you need to plan an estate or something or, or write contracts or I know, all the I'm, things. Yeah. <laughs> right. So, so you now what do you live in Boise still? No. So in 2018, We've been planning on going back down south because all of our families yeah. in Tennessee. And um, and so in 2018, I got pregnant with twins. And so we we're like, all right, that's it. All the families clamoring, you gotta get back. Cause it was really I, I love Idaho. I absolutely adore yeah. Idaho. It's my second Idaho. And <laughs> um, and I go back several times a year. I've got tons of we got tons of clients there, yeah. but um, I want to get back home down south. And so November, actually this month, 2018, I moved. I was like six months pregnant with the twins. And we moved with our daughter, uh, who was three at the time. And we um, we got settled. Because why not have massive life-changing situations all going on at the at the exact same time? At six months pregnant. Yeah. With yeah. twins. Wow. Holy smokes. So, so I saw you, I saw a video of you and Russell Brunson on together on, on, um, what was he using? Google Hangouts, I think. And, and it was, it was first off, he still looks like he's 12. I but know. Then he looked like he was like eight and a half. <laughs> oh, Russell's so awesome. We've been, we've been friends for a long time. Did you unearth that video? That was like, that was a while ago. It's on, yeah, it's on YouTube. I, I just, cause I'm like, I know I've seen her with Russell. Robbie Summers is a really good friend of mine. Oh, love and, Robbie. Oh my gosh. He's, he's a big guy. matter of fact, he, he, he made this and sent it to me. Oh, that's awesome. I he, just saw he created some, I think it was like a pen or something. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. he, yesterday he was posting it on Facebook. Yes. He made okay. that too. Gifted. The guy so is gifted and he's intense. Yeah. 
he's got an incredible story. Oh, I know. Yeah. He's incredible. So, so you, um, so you, 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 in 2018, you moved back to Memphis. Um, I love Nashville, the way you... actually Nashville. Oh, we Nashville. This time. So we're actually um, 30 miles South of Nashville and Franklin. So our family lives in Memphis. Got it. And we decided to go a little bit further East yeah. in Franklin, Tennessee, which we love. It's, it's only beautiful. two and a half hours from Memphis and yeah. um, it's 30 miles South of Nashville. So it's like the perfect place. It really is a wonderful area. It's a wonderful area. So, so I, I thought I, for some reason, I thought you said Memphis, but so you're, you're in Nashville for right. all yeah. intents and purposes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, which is also one of my favorite cities. I love Nashville. Um, and, and so then you get there and, you you had the babies so so what's so funny is so you're talking about russell um i remember in summer of 28 2018 russell um sends me a message or sends me a voxer message and he invites me to speak on the stage at funnel hacking live and i am just ecstatic like this is like dream gig right hey right. you on stage talk you know talk to people in front of five thousand um you know five thousand entrepreneurs i'm like are, are you are you serious of course i cannot wait right i say yes and then i start thinking about it and i'm like i should probably tell him i just found out i was pregnant yesterday or two days before yeah and so i send him up a message and i'm like russell guess what <laughs> uh I'm pregnant. And he knew that I, he knew our fertility journey. Yeah. And so, um, and he was like, yay. And I'm like, and, um, it's, it's <laughs> twins. And he's like, yay. Cause you know, Russell has twins. And, um, yeah. and I said, and, um, our due date is like one week after funnel hacking live. He's like, yeah, what? And I'm like, uh. don't worry. Don't worry. I swear to you, I will not give birth on your stage and I will be there and I will not flake out. I'm like, I don't care if my husband has to wheel me up there in labor with the twins. I don't oh care. God. I am not going to miss this opportunity. And I said, oh, and P.S. He goes, but it's in Nashville. I'm like, oh, yeah. Did I mention we're moving to Nashville? Um on in December and he's like what because you know Russell's in Boise we're we were in Boise and so here I am like telling him all these life changes and I oh you know God. I told him I said Russell here's the thing there is no coincidence that God has aligned this to where the only place in the world that you could have hosted funnel hacking live where I uh where I could actually <laughs> participate yeah. would be in Nashville, which I happen to be moving to two months before. I'm like, this is a divine thing. I am absolutely going to be there. And God wow. bless him. He believed me. He had faith in me. <laughs> None of my doctors believed that I was going to be he's, up on that stage. No he, he, believed, he believed me. <laughs> he did. He had faith in me. He knew that I was going to, he oh said, I, when I, I was, I've got a strong will. And so um, all the doctors, it was so funny. All the doctors were like, you know, when I would say, Hey, I've got this really big speaking engagement. Uh, you know, I'll be 36 and a half weeks pregnant. Um, <laughs> you think I'm going to be good? They're like, no, no, you're <laughs> no. not. You're either be like postpartum or you're going to be like in labor, you know, with twins. Oh. And I oh, just, and I was like, look, 
forget you. And I move on next doctor. Like, wow. And it wasn't until my final OB that she was like, look, she's like, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say that I would love to clear you. And she's like, come in on Monday. The event was on Thursday. And she's like, we're going to see. She said, I bet you can do it. And so um, oh sure enough, God. I got cleared on Monday to speak on Thursday. Was that, did I speak on Thursday? No, 72 hours later, I gave birth to the twins. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Oh no. It was so fun. It was so good. And I got my, <laughs> Richard I, and I went on stage to get our two comic club award the day after I spoke. Cause I was like, Richard, I, <laughs> Richard was like, uh, Natasha, you know, we're good. You're off stage. Now, if you need to go into labor, you're good. I'm like, no, I'm not. We had to collect our two comic club award on stage. I'm like, no, no, these babies, I was like, babies, you got to stay in. I'm going to get mom and daddy got to get our awards. So there I am like, you know, 48 hours before I'm giving birth to twins, like collecting our first two comic club awards. So. Oh my goodness. That is so funny. And you're like, you said, I'm talking to the babies. You got to stay in. Yeah. Oh gosh. I mean, oh. it was, it was intense. I had my first start of contractions the night before I spoke and I was like, Oh no, I did not get this far. I did not get this far. Oh, I was like, Nope, my. nope. Y'all are staying in. I'm not going into labor. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, that is so. too funny. Oh my gosh. Wow. So uh, there's got, there has to be pictures of you pregnant on stage at FHL. Oh, it's so funny. I mean, I look like enormous and I had <sighs> huge swollen tree trunk legs. Like it was so <laughs> bad. You know what I did is that I, um, at, it was at get the Gaylord Opryland, which if you've ever oh. been in there, it's like a mega resort, it's right? My favorite hotel in the world, especially during Christmas. Yes. It's, oh absolutely amazing well it's huge to walk through so i called them and i said do you have anything because like I, i'm not gonna be able to walk i wa i went around that event in a scooter it was amazing and now i'm like can i get the scooter if i'm not pregnant because that would be fantastic <laughs> I, I mean know. it was so much fun to be scooting around the gaylord <laughs> opryland beeping and everyone's like making a scene wherever i go like it was great i had a great time it, it and you know it's what's interesting is it's very easy to get lost in the Gaylord Opryland. Very, yes. I've been lost. Yes, in there. Me too. Many times. Yes. Yeah. So so so, um, I've I, if I, I should have found pictures of that to to show the audience. <laughs> if I were a better host, I would have. <laughs> you know, so, we're gonna go there today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I I think though that. That, um, yeah, my wife, I, I took, um, yeah, we've been, it, we love that hotel. So, um, so what do you think? I, I love that. And I think if I were in the same position, um, I mean, my gosh, what an honor to be invited to speak on that stage. Right. Um, I don't know that, I mean, you'd have to do it no matter what. Oh yeah. I mean, this is all, you know, speaking of breaking through walls, I mean, this was a true testament to the power of intention. Yes. And what do you do when everyone around you is like, no, you can't, no, you can't. Cause I remember I even went into all my, you know, mom of twins groups and I'm like, y'all I'm scheduled <laughs> to speak at this event, you know, 36 
weeks and five days pregnant. You know, what are my odds? And they're all like, girl, you're crazy. Like, I'm not even getting off the couch to like get a Twinkie. Like, I'm not going to be standing up on stage in front of 5,000 people. That's crazy. So like, I did not, I mean, the only oh person God. I think really believed me was probably my husband. Everyone else was like, it's dicey, like, you know, and I just, and, and, and probably maybe Russell, Russell's probably just hoping. I mean, I remember how he opened up funnel hacking live, like telling everyone, he's like, and by the way, we have, um, you know, Natasha's here and I think it'd be really cool. If she gave birth on stage. I'm like, dude, don't speak. He that did not say I'm that. Like, I'm like, please do not say that Russell. <laughs> like we do not, I believe that our words are very powerful and I do not want to give birth on the funnel hacking oh, live stage, but you know, it was, I didn't, I had already determined the outcome. I had already determined the outcome. You know, oh. I, I had a beautifully uneventful pregnancy and there were, so, and I actually had to pull myself out of Facebook groups where these women were like awfulizing. They were awfulizing. It was like, they were just bringing forth all of these, um, you know, this, this could happen and that could happen. And I understand, I mean, I was a high risk pregnancy. They called me geriatric at 39 and, you know, and, and so here I am, like, you know, I have this high risk pregnancy, multiples, pregnancy, twins, wow. you know, all, you know, eight, my age. And I was like, you know what? All's going to be well, like it's, it's going to be good. I'm going to have a healthy pregnancy. I set the intention. Yep. I didn't let people's fear I aligned myself with people that were going to lift me up, yeah. not cause me to freak out. Yes. And, and, and when it came to the speaking engagement, not getting on that stage, like it just simply was not an option. Like it was nothing that I entertained. And so I really do believe, and I teach the power of intention. And sometimes it's just that, that will and that decision that you make yep. to say, you know what, like I, I, as my friend Christy Stallard says, I, I can, I will watch me, you yeah. know, and, and that's, you know, that's, that's what I did. And so I, sometimes we just need that. I absolutely love, love, love that. And as a matter of fact, Wayne Dyer wrote a book about it and it, you know, the power of your words, the intention that you said, I absolutely love that. So that's a great segue into um, what, what, so you went from being a full-time attorney to, you said you walked in and said, I, I got to do my own thing. What was your own thing? What in the world would cause, I mean, it takes eight years minimum to become an attorney, right? Ish. Four, four, seven, seven minimum. And then if you were going to get a master's in a specialty, which I did not do, then okay. that would take eight. Okay. So, yeah. So, okay. So se seven ish or, or somewhere in that, that arena, you spent all that time getting this education to become a lawyer and you, you, you decided you wanted to do your own thing. What was your own thing? What was that? So I guess I should, well, we had an internet business and so teaching, um, entrepreneurs how to define, build and monetize their brand online. Okay. So that is, that's the highly abridged version of what we were doing. We had an info product business and a coaching business. And my husband and I did it together. We we're also affiliates. Um, so we did a, some affiliate marketing. And so that is what 
that's what we were doing. Um, but I feel like to give the audience context, how did I make the jump, which to that it happened because I was in my office one day after about a year and a half of practicing. And I remember seeing one of the senior partners walking back and forth in front of my office, mainly because he had the corner office and my office was right in front of the men's bathroom. So I guess he drank (laughs) a lot of coffee or something. (laughs) We're just getting real here. Let's just, we're getting real here. Or it could be a prostate issue. (laughs) Who knows? But he was always, he was there in his gray hair and he's walking and I'm like, oh my God, this could be my life for the next 40 years. You know, I'm going to be, I'm going to be sitting in this office and doing the same thing. And in, and in that moment, when I asked myself this question, um, in my heart, I, I felt, you know, the Holy Spirit just lay on my heart and like, no, you're meant for something so much more. But in my head, I hear this loud, you know, as, as Wayne Dyer calls it, ego edging God out, right? Yeah. yeah. What are you talking about? You, you know, you just... <laughs> spent a hundred grand of your father's money on law school. You work at a prestigious law firm. This is a career that most people would love to have. And PS you're painfully single because I got (laughs) dumped right as I moved home. Cause that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, oh and so I'm God. like, what am I supposed to do? Like I'm supposed <clears throat> to of course practice law. And, um, yeah. And so I just, um, in that moment, I was like, all right, I guess I'll just practice law. But something happened within me, which was I started to be open to opportunities. And so uh, I end up getting introduced to the world of direct sales as like a plan B situation. And, you know, that opened up my whole, my eyes to the world of entrepreneurship, because, you know, I tell people, I didn't know that I had an entrepreneurial bone in my body. You know, I, my, my dad's a lawyer, my uncle's a lawyer, my aunt's a lawyer, my my grandfather is a doctor. I think my, my grand, my mom's dad was an entrepreneur, but he lived in Beirut, Lebanon. So I never really knew him. So I didn't, I wasn't surrounded with entrepreneurs. So I, that I was of the, you become a professional. That's what you do. It's not, or (laughs) you stay at home with your children. Like that's what you do. So, so I learned about direct sales and, um, and so Rich and I ended up bringing, you know, a lot of people into direct sales businesses through internet marketing. I began blogging and I realized I didn't really want to do that. And Rich, we didn't really want to do that anymore. Um, But we realized that there were a lot of people that would have loved to learn how we were able to create a brand online and attract clients. And so that's what we started teaching. And, um, we made our first, um, digital product and it was, and that was back in 2010. We was got this our click funnels. No. no. Oh man. This is Good. way pre click. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, wow. we were, yeah. we were like coding stuff. Like it was just like a Franken funnel. I mean, it was, wow. it was a merchant, you know, a, a gateway, a shopping cart, you know, we're copying and pasting other people's HTML code to try to make these sales. I mean, it was, it was rough. I mean, pre-click funnels sucked. I mean, I'm just telling you, people think building funnels is hard now. Uh, You have no idea. I mean, I remember when Russell told us 
in October of 2013. He actually spoke at our very first live event in Boise. Wow. And we went out to lunch with him right before the event. And he's sketching out what ClickFunnels is on a napkin. I'm like, dude, if you can do that, it will revolutionize everything. I'm like, wow. I'm so excited. Hurry up, launch it. We're in, we're in. Um, so Wow. You know, yeah. So that's what we were. So that's, that's really kind of how we started our, our, our business really morphed um, into, you know, teaching people how to define, build and monetize their authentic brand online. And we were working with coaches and speakers and authors and, you know, network you know, people that were in a network marketing, direct sales. Yeah. And, um, and so that's really what we were doing for a really long time. I, I, I'm curious when when you decided that you were going to leave the permanent position as a lawyer um, and your dad was the managing partner, you said. I don't remember. Was he? Uh, at the time? Well, he at the this was in Memphis. So I actually oh, uh, left in Boise. Gotcha. But my dad what? was not thrilled i mean yeah i want to know what was that conversation like not a good one <laughs> not a good one he's so sweet i mean my daddy is the sweetest man ever uh, um and i am definitely a daddy's girl that's um, awesome. but he is someone that's like now you understand like i mean you're gonna basically throw away this career he knew that i mean i was i was named by the idaho business review as one of the you know top you know 50 women of the year I was the um, I was the chairman of the Idaho State Bar Estate Planning and Tax and Trust section. Like you know, I had built a really a really solid name for myself, which was really kind of defying the odds because here I was this person that I had no ties to Idaho. I just came wow. in like a marketing hurricane, <laughs> met, <laughs> developed relationships, and built this this estate planning practice. And so he's like, why are you throwing all that away? Like, what, what are you, you know? And, and I, and to my dad's credit, you know, he represents high net worth individuals and businesses. He does, um, you know, the sales of yeah. huge, huge companies. And he understands the risk inherent in being an entrepreneur. And yeah. as a father with this little girl, like, you know, it'd be one thing if I was just starting it and my husband like had a, safe job right. but for us to put all of our eggs in this basket he was just so worried about me so it wasn't that he it wasn't that he thought that i was not capable he just knew of the risks inherent in the business and so he was trying like his his dad instinct came in and was like you gotta stop what are you doing in fact true story i remember my brother who's younger than me six years younger you know he, he calls me he's like natosh why didn't you consult me before making such life altering decisions? I'm like, you're a pipsqueak. I was like, get out of the way. I was like, you watch what your sister's going to do. You know, I mean, it was, it was, you know. You said you're a what? A pipsqueak? I told him he's a pipsqueak. I was like, don't talk to me. He told me he went, he thought I should consult him before making such life altering decisions. Is he a he lawyer? Was, no, actually, he's a, um, he's a vice president with a polling firm in, um, right outside of DC. Okay. <laughs> Why so, but he was not me? that. He was like just graduated college or something like that at the time. But wow. but yeah. So yeah. But you know, the good thing was is that when I had that conversation with my dad, I was then able to say after he was like, you know, 
yeah. not thrilled. Um, he, I said, but guess what? They offered me an of counsel position. All of a sudden my dad was like, okay, my child has a safety net. And yeah. so I, you know, and that was a great gig because, because the managing partner was like, look, you can have your office, you can have your assistant. Wow. And you can work whenever you want because I was the de facto marketing director at the firm. I had, I had brought in a lot of business. I had wow. rebranded the whole firm. I had done a lot of work. And so they didn't want to lose me. And I was so grateful to them. I mean, I'm so grateful to them. This Johnson May law firm in Boise, Idaho. They're so good. And, um, and such wow. a talented group. And so I was so honored to, to be able to, um, stay on and that they, they'll still have me. And so, <laughs> so, and for those watching that don't know what of council means, it's basically a eat what you kill commission based kind of thing. Right. <laughs> so, right. So, so, um, <clears throat> talk to me about, you know, and, and I, I, I've been there. I think we've all been there where you get stuck. Something bad happens a boyfriend breaks up with you. <laughs> I'm right. kidding. Um, but no, you <laughs> at Christmas at Christmas. Oh my gosh. No. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Yeah. I got dumped at Christmas. Oh, awful. he's regretting it now. <laughs> um, so, 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 you know, people get stuck and that's kind of what this is about. Like you, you hit these, these spots in life, you get stuck and then I've been in that position where I'm stuck and fear just takes Ooh. over and it paralyzed me and, and for a while, right? What do you think, you know, people can do that might be stuck right now? I have a lot of network marketers that, that watch my show. Um, like, what do you think people can do to get unstuck? What's the shift that needs to occur? So I think the number one thing that anyone can ever do when you are stuck is to ask for help. You've got to get some, I think I am such a fan of having a coach. I've had a coach for, I don't even know how long like you've got to have someone that can look, that can look inside yeah. and help you to uncover the root of why it is that you're stuck and help you make the shift, you know, um, or have a, uh, like if you're in business, Maybe you have a consultant that you reach out to. I mean, like, you know, our clients, when they ask like, you know, what do you do? I'm like, I'm a coach alternate. Sometimes I'll coach. Sometimes I'll consult. It depends on, it depends on the, the subject matter of what's going on. If it's business, right. I'm consulting. And, um, you know, it's, it's having someone else I think is and, and asking for that help. Cause a lot of times it's very hard to, um, get yourself out of something without just asking for help. It doesn't mean you're weak. It means you're smart. Yes. It means you're smart. And, and I've found, found so often that anytime I'm feeling stuck, like having that conversation with a coach um, yeah. or a trusted friend, someone that, you know, has maybe been there, yeah. you, but you got to ask for help. You can't just sit there in this spiral of, I got to figure this out, or I'm ashamed that I'm stuck or, you know, all of that, because that fear, all of that is coming from um, a lower vibrational field. And it's something that if you're not careful, it is going to drag you down and strangle you. It's going to take you all the way down. Um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with the emotional guidance scale by Abram Hicks, but it yep. will pull you all the way down to the very bottom, which is hopelessness and despair. 
Yep. And it is very hard, not impossible by any stretch, but it is very hard to get yourself out of that rock bottom. Um, yep. And so the second that you can start to feel stuck, you need to ask for help. I couldn't have said it better myself. I And, and, and do you find, um, you know, I talk a lot about writing. I mean, I wrote, I, I published a journal on it. Right. So like, you've got to write this stuff out. Do you write your stuff out? Like the, and it sounds crazy probably to a lot of people, but I still write affirmations every day, every day of my life. Yeah. Cause I'm messed up. <laughs> like we all are. Right. It's not, it's not like okay, because that's one of the th- I think the biggest misconceptions. When you see someone that has you know a popular podcast like you do, or you see me speaking on stage, you've got this like a lot of people will get this false notion that like we have it all figured out. We don't have it all figured out, and 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 it's <laughs> it's it's this. It's this. The question is, do you have enough development in tools so that the lows aren't catastrophic hitting rock bottom every time? Do you have the ability to regulate and, and, you know, you've got to have tools, you've got to have strategies in order to, to get yourself out of there. And there's, there's never going to be a time where a dark, lower vibration is not going to be trying to pull you down. Yep. I mean, I mean, not to get all into the spiritual realm, but to get we in the can. spiritual realm. All right, can we go there? Let's roll. Okay. <laughs> um, so I believe that we are in the midst of a tremendous spiritual battle. Mm-hmm. And um, now more than ever before, I mean, it's always existed, but you're starting to see it massively amplified. Yep. And we know that there's a source of light and dark. We know that there's, you know, high vibrational energy, lower vibrational, good, evil, all the things, right? And so, um, and, and evil is, um, the source of evil is, is known. And for those that follow the Bible, it's the father of lies, right? And so, the great deceiver. So this is always going to sneak in yep. to your, to your day-to-day life in the form of these unhelpful statements. Like I can't, I never, I always. And in, in those moments, and, and, and those are the things that end up getting you stuck because what will happen is you're not sure what to do next. Yeah. And so then what happens well, you can't ask for help. You'll look foolish. You need to figure this out yourself. And it and it, it tricks you into staying stuck versus doing the things that you need to do to get yourself out of that, out of that plane. So for me, like a lot of times when I'm stuck, I'll open up the good book. You know, I'll open up the Bible. Open up a devotional, listen to a podcast, you know, listen to something that's going to fuel me. It's, um, it's, it's not a coincidence that you end up getting this nugget will drop this one sentence, this one song, this one verse, this whatever. And it's like this answer that you need, but you got to be seeking in order to find. I think that, that people, you know, I, I don't know if you know who Chris Widener is. 
Um, but I just had Chris on, he's a friend of mine. And, and I asked him this question. I loved his answer. And, and, you know, I ask this on every show, what do you think keeps people stuck? What keeps them from, from ex like, there's too many people that think money is like having money is a bad thing. And, and, you know, so they, and Chris, Chris was talking about your thermostat, like your thermostat set at a certain level. And you've heard that analogy oh, yeah. and, and, you know, and I love that analogy. I think people have maybe have a, um, I can't, you know, I can't make millions or I can't, um, achieve this or I can't like, what do you think keeps people there? What what is keeping them stuck where they they don't like Grant Cardone said to me one time, dude, when you're going through hell, stomp on the gas. <laughs> like I love, you know. Grant. I love Grant. I only <laughs> I just watched him on that um undercover billionaire show. Yeah. And I guess I never realized that he was from Louisiana. And that all of a sudden, it all made sense. It all made sense. I loved his accent, the whole thing. I mean, it's great. he's a great guy. Yeah. So, um, you know, what do I think that keeps people stuck? Uh, usually, it's fear. Fear is the greatest tool of the deceiver. It is the greatest. It is the gr single greatest tool that keeps people down. It keeps people scared. It keeps them from um, fulfilling their, their, their callings, their assignments here. It is such a powerful tool. Look at what's happening in our world right now. Mm. Insanity is happening in our world right now. And what is it? What is, what is fueling this? It's fear. It's fear. People are making decisions out of fear. It clouds their judgment. People stay in the same job that they hate because of fear. They stay in toxic relationships because of fear. You know, it they stay in um, you know, in in towns that they've long since outgrown because of fear. They don't mm. take risks because of fear. It's the single greatest thing that actually keeps us from, I believe, fulfilling our destiny. And so um, learning how, that's why I love breaking through walls, which you know, so so many times it's it's the fear barrier. That's, that's what it is, which is why I'm so passionate about teaching people about how to step outside of your comfort zone, how to break through fear. You know, it's when I say be fearless in my book, I'm not talking about like that you're, it's the absence of fear. It is able to, it's, it's being able to master the fear. It's, it's, we're going to always feel it. I feel it and I freaking do it anyways. That's and right. that's where you allow your faith. It sounds so trite. And I, I do total like training sessions on this, but it sounds trite. Letting your faith be greater than your fear. But that's our biggest weapon. That is our biggest weapon right now is, is, is faith and our abilities um, to do the things that are placed on our heart. Yeah. Right. I mean, yeah. I think that that's, that's, that's really the biggest that's the biggest tool. And, you know, speaking about money, I have to just, sorry if I'm going off a little bit. But no, I, I love this. So, this is like, I'm just so passionate about this and sharing this with people. You know, I believe that abundance is our birthright. Um, I, um, I was just talking with my coach yesterday and we get into all the spiritual things on my sessions um, yep. with her. And, you know, a lot of people believe that poverty 
is holy. <laughs> and, you know, I believe that, um, you know, I, I know that like logically that doesn't even make sense. No. Like logically it doesn't even make sense because in order for us to have the impact that we want to make, it's going to take resources. Right. Yep. And so, um, when the focus is on doing good in the world, the focus is on making the impact in the way that you feel like you're like divinely led to impact the world then you know what? We got to let the abundance flow. We got to let the resources flow in. We can't, we, we, and they're available. That's the thing. It's yep. available to all of us, no matter what is in your bank account right now. I mean, I just, I did a whole talk at our summit, multiple talks actually at our last event, showing the different places, like both whether you're a law of attraction kind of person or whether you're a scripture person, the, it's replete. It's, it's, we have limitless abundance available to us, but we got to start tapping into it um, so yeah. that we can make the impact that we're here to make. Uh, you know, I saw a post by Grant yesterday. I think I shared it, but you know, he, he says you're net. And I, this is so true. And I want to talk, I want you to talk about this. You know, the, the people that, and, and I, again, we're masters, the human race, not just you, me, everybody is mas has mastered this. And that is making sense of or, or rationalizing, justifying being broke, being in a bad town, being in a bad relationship. We're masters at rationalizing that and just staying there. Right. You know, it's, 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 um, Maybe it sucks, but I'm familiar with it. So what is that? Oh, you know, I think that, you know, it's a defense mechanism and it's a tool to keep you yeah. in the same place. That's the, that's the fear barrier that's yeah. talking. Yeah. Right. Um, and I also think that it's because we are so obsessed with figuring out the how, if we can't figure out how, then why even bother? Like, why even bother? Because then we're going to feel like a failure, right? Yeah. It's when we have this fear of failure. It's keeping us, it's keeping us back in that safe zone. Yeah. And, you know, you've seen that, like that meme everywhere. It's like, you know, this is your comfort zone and all the good stuff happens out here. It's true. Like, I'm here to tell you, it's yeah. absolutely true. You don't like. I'm going spiritual, but I just, I feel like Do I it. have to, I Go have girl. to, you know, we take our natural and God asks, God brings the super to your natural. Like it's a co-creator situation. Mm. And so like, you don't have to understand all the hows. You just got to take the first step. Martin Luther King says, you don't need to see the full staircase. You just need to take the first step in faith. It's that simple. Stop mm. making it so freaking complicated. You can't see how you're going to get out of that town. Well, why don't you start by asking? Mm. You got to start by asking. I, I want to do this. It's like asking you shall receive. Yep. Seek and you will find. Knock and doors open. And the reality is, is that it is that simple. It yeah. is that simple because now you're taking that step. Let the creator of the freaking universe do his thing. Right. Like you, yeah. don't, you don't have to know, like, you don't know how you, like when I was pregnant with the twins, it was so cool to like, I got all these apps 
Cause like, you know, at a time like that, I had the kids, there were like tons of apps, right? Yeah. And it was blowing my mind. It would be like, all right, you're like, you know, 17 days in. Well, the, you know, <laughs> lung cells are being created. And I'm like, what? Like lung cells? Like, I don't know how to make lung cells, right? Or it's like right now, um, all the cells are separating into, you know, what will become the skeleton of the, of the baby and the skin. And I'm like, you mean to tell me? That that the God, the creator, the source, whatever you want to call him, you know, that created that process can't figure out how you can get out of that town, how you can get out of that relationship, how you, I mean, please, please, we got to check ourselves. We got to mm. check ourselves and we got to remember that we, that we, we got to do our natural we got to take our first step. That's, you know, you break through walls. You take your first step. And then mm. let the creator add, add the super. The super comes in. It's really cool because you're all of a sudden going to meet someone. You're going to all of a sudden see something pop up in your Facebook feed. Someone's going to give you a call out of the blue. And that's how this starts working. And it's so, I've, I've watched it. I've watched it with our clients. I've watched it in my own life. Um, I've watched it with friends of friends. Like just amazing things start happening when we stop trying to act like we got all the answers. We don't got all the answers. I, I, it's funny. I, I told a um, client of mine <clears throat> and a good friend um, that that is, you know, wants to find the perfect wife. And I said, dude, and, and not for his money, which he has a ridiculous amount of. And I said, I said, dude, you got to surrender, man, surrender to God. And, 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 and he says, and I, if, if, if you're watching, dude, I love you. You know that. Um, so, so, but he says, well, like you think God's just going to have a woman come and knock on my door. I go, Maybe she might be an Amazon delivery woman right now <laughs> that happens to have her own money. And like, you don't, I mean, you know, I think that it can happen like that. Oh, I know it can. And here, and, yeah. Hey, and I hope your friend is watching. Cause I'm going to give your friend a little something, something also on this. This is how I feel very convinced. This is how I ended up with rich. You got to write down exactly what you want in that person. Come on. You got to place your order. You got to ask, yes. right? Ask, seek, knock. It doesn't even deserve has nothing to do with it. It's ask, seek, knock, right? So like write down, like, what does that person look like physically, uh, spiritually, emotionally, like all of the things, like what is your dream person? Because, you know, highly short version. I did that I, unconsciously. I didn't even know that that's exactly what I was doing. But someone asked me, you know, what's your, like, why are you still single? Um, this was probably six months after I'd broken up, gotten dumped when I got dumped. Like, <laughs> we'll just, we'll just call it what it is. And, you know, and, and I was like, cause I'm waiting for the right person. Cause I'm just done with all this stuff. You know, I'm just, I'm done. A bunch of my friends were already married. I'm like, I'm done. And they're like, well, who's the right person? And I said, and I just, I don't know. It was just something within me. And I just listed out a ridiculous amount of qualities, all yeah. the things yeah. physically, politically, um, like from a spiritual perspective, all the th personality. And sure enough, 
there is a guy, Eric, that was there with my friend and he, it triggered in him. She'd be great for Richard. And so he goes and tries to get Richard um, to, he's like, can I set you up on a blind date? Rich said, no, but suffice to say, we end up eventually meeting through other means. Yeah. And, uh, and it was like a match made in heaven and he did fill the list. And so even though I didn't know what I was doing, that's unconsciously what I was doing was putting my ask out there. So you got to put your ask out there. You, you, uh, so do you know, Mark Victor Hansen and Crystal, his wife? I, I know, uh, I know of Mark Victor Hansen, but I've never met him. He's one of my best friends in the world. And, and Mark, it, they've been on, I, they wrote a book called ask uh, just read like that? a year ago or so. And, oh, I and did see that. Yeah. And, and literally Mark talks about in, in the 20th edition of chicken soup for the soul, the original book, he wrote the opening chapter and he said, he talked about, I wrote out, I think it was 270 qualities that I wanted in a wife and, and, and Crystal, his wife met every single one of them, wow. but it, it's everything that you just said is like, it's great. See, it's where, you know, it's truth. It's like where it comes from these different places. It's yep. finally like, you know, if you hear it in like several different places, that's called confirmation. Confirmation. You, you right. keep hearing it a little bit more. That's like, I feel like that's God, like smacking you upside the head going like, <laughs> all right, can we move on now? Like, Start we, writing. Start writing. Start doing the thing. So get that list out. Cause it's, you know, as it says in, in scripture, you have not because you ask not. So start uh, asking and be specific about it. You just dropped like if 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 what you just said in the last 10 minutes doesn't change some lives, then you're y'all are asleep at the wheel. And, and and I'll tell you, the the pastor of our church, um, she she got on stage. Um, it's a husband and wife and she get, gets up and she's talking. This is about a month ago or no, I guess it's longer than that. Jeez, maybe four months ago. Um, but she said she, her sermon was Jesus ain't taking the wheel. <laughs> and it was so funny. And I was like, I was blown away by it because, you know, she's like, no disrespect to the artists that made that song. But like people are sitting around and it happens. I see it. You see it. I know you do. Natasha, I've been praying for um, financial abundance and it's it's just not happening. And I don't know why. And, and right. And you're like, dude, what Jesus you, ain't taking the wheel. Right. Well, you know, it's so funny. It's like, well, what do you expect for it? Do you, do you expect for it to like, just come, come through your ceiling? Well, then you might need to make a hole in your ceiling to receive the freaking, you got to right. do something. Right. We are, we are co-creators. We are co-creators. Oh, you know, God created us in his image the one of the very i heard this from do you know myron golden yeah Have you heard okay yep, yep, yep. so myron golden was talking about love him and dear friend and you know myron was talking about how you know one of the very first attributes that we learn about god in the bible is that he is creative he's a creator he created the heavens and the earth well so he is a creator we were made in his image we were also created as creators. We take his stuff and make it better. Like we got to do our part. It, yes. You know, the, the dog isn't inventing the iPhone, right? The cricket isn't like, you know, in, in inventing fire, right? Like it's not like, you know, it's, it's we as humans, we are 
create, we are co-creators, but we got to do our part. It's like the Amish say, pray and move your feet. Like you got to do something. Like you can't just, you can't just sit there and expect that God's going to do oh it. You got to, you got to move forward in faith. And that's, and it just kind of goes back. It's full circle to what we were talking about earlier. I, I, I hope my buddy is watching because I verbatim, I said the same exact thing to him the other day. I said, dude, God is the creator. He made us in his image. That means we are, you're a creator, create your destiny. Like I love that, Natasha. This is amazing. Oh, there's a good friend of mine watching right there, Doug Wing. So, so this has been absolutely unbelievable. Um, not really, because I knew you were going to bring it. I, I knew it. I manifested that. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, thank you. And thank you for like, thank you for letting me go there. Right. Oh. And to have the conversations that like, you know, that, that people need right now, because yes. you know, this is, th these are some un seriously, some unprecedented times. And we gotta, we gotta, we gotta tap on the, the supernatural um, totally. in order to break through. There's some, there's some walls to break through that, only can come with supernatural guidance. So you're natural, his super, and we can break through. I absolutely love that. What website do you want me to put up? NatashaHazlett.com? You know what? Go to designyourbestlife.com. That's the best, that's the best place to to find me. Okay. Um, we've got our uh I got a podcast with my husband, the Design Your Best Life podcast. Oh, that's and awesome. Yeah, we even have the clarity our cl clarity roadmap there that can help people get unstuck as well. Okay, it's I just got this. I'm gonna put it up on screen. Design your best life. Mm -hmm. I love that URL. By the way, that's awesome. Um, okay, and there is that it. Design so your best life. Wow, you are so high tech. I mean, this is like this is this is impressive. This is impressive. Uh, You're blowing me away here, Ken. Well, thank you. This is what I teach. This is what I do. So, um, Natasha, you are amazing. I want everybody to follow you everywhere. Like, go to Design Your Best Life. And what is I was typing? You said you have a free something there? I have a, a clarity roadmap. And so I've got this little template that um, has got some questions. And it's something that I've been using for years to help our clients figure out what is the next step, not, not all the steps, the next step that you need um, to do, to get clear on whatever it is that you, you have questions about. And would somebody type that in the comments for me, please. Um, so it's clickable from the, the live stream. Cause obviously my banner's not clickable. I'm not that high tech. Um, so <laughs> Please type that in for me. But so, so um, where's the best place for people to follow you like on social media? Find me Natasha Hazlett. That's the best. That's honestly the best Everywhere. place to find me. Yep. Natasha. How, how's your Instagram game? It's so bad. It's so bad, Ken. You. We're working on it. We're working on it. And and by working on it, I mean, I got to go and buy some courses and figure out what I'm doing because I'm just not an Instagrammer. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. I love your transparency. You can't be good at all the things, you know, I love, I love, I'm used to Facebook and, um, and so I, I, now I got to start learning about a little Instagram. Yeah. Well, Natasha, you're amazing. Thank you.
I I'm going to talk to you about something here in a second. I'm going to, yeah, I, I, I have an idea for you anyway. So listen, I want everybody to go follow Natasha everywhere. Well, start with Facebook because it doesn't sound like Instagram <laughs> Instagram's happening yet, but anyway, so everybody go follow Natasha, Natasha. Thank you so much for being here and sharing your unbelievable, just a lot of wisdom. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been so fun. You're, it went fast. I can't believe we're at an out. We're over time. I know. It's crazy. Wow. All right. Thank you so much. You guys have a great day. Natasha, hang tight. I'll see you in just a second. Thank you guys.